0: you're listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates
1: i'm sarah Golseth.
0: it's wednesday yes (laughs) just in case you didn't know just in case you didn't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a very rainy wednesday
0: it is. It's a drizzly, rainy day here in St. Louis, but we're going to head uh, to northwest Indiana and uh, mm-hmm. catch up with what's going on there with the Lord's work in northwest Indiana. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin, at cuw.edu.
1: Live Uncommon.
0: Joining us this morning, the Reverend Delwyn Campbell Sr. He's a domestic missionary serving the Lord at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Gary, Indiana, and I believe also now Good Shepherd as well. Pastor Campbell, thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today.
1: Good morning. How's
0: everybody doing down in St. Louis? Oh, great, and always good to chat with you.
1: How are things in- You know, I must say one of the things that I'm really missing this time of year is us Beating up on the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, though. That's probably that's like a that's like a a tradition every year for for Chicago and St. Louis people. That is, you have a point. Of course, <laughs> later in the season it'll flip the other way, but you know you take your victories <laughs> where you can get them. <laughs> An- another thing I tell you I do miss is not being able to travel. We'll probably get into that more later on down this, but, yeah, I mean, not just not being able to travel locally, but not being able to visit my mission supporters around the country, not being able to preach at all the various wonderful places. You know, that, in fact, my daughters miss it even more. My my four-year-old is like, Daddy, Daddy, when are we going to get on the plane again? (laughs) So when are we going to see some of our friends again, you know? Um, yeah. You can do a lot with Zoom and Facebook Live and YouTube, but you can't you can't get together with people the same way. Hmm. So the it's pandemic certainly the same.
0: it has the pandemic has presented some challenges. That's for sure. Before yeah. we get into the impact of the pandemic on the community, uh, paint a picture for us. Help us understand the the community where you live and serve Gary, Indiana, and the surrounding neighborhoods.
1: Sure. Uh, in some ways, Gary is part of a region, larger region. In fact, we call it the region. Uh, the Calumet region is located just southeast of Chicagoland, and uh, for the longest time, for example, most of my entertainment and news came from the local slash Chicago uh, television station. I had no way of knowing for a few years that I was not a resident of the state of Illinois. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) Gary is unique in that it was constructed around a particular heavy industry, steel, and so its fortunes were closely tied uh, to the success and health of U.S. steel. Uh, The other cities in the region were able to develop, if you will, multiple streams that Gary wasn't. And how much of that was purposeful on the part of U.S. Steel, how much of that was just a function of, well, you don't have to, you know, plant here in Gary in order to have business, you know, one, I'll leave that to the historians, but nevertheless, it had a a significant impact on the way the city has turned out. Uh, Another thing that's particular about this city is it was once home to a large Lutheran community. In fact, the original uh, church settlers here in the Geary area were Lutherans. And so the oldest church in the region is a Lutheran church, and it's still functioning. uh, In fact, that's the place where I'm deployed to, St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church which will be celebrating 150 years since its official establishment in 1870. Although it has records going back to 1863. Wow. So tell us about uh, bring us up to speed with the work that that you have been doing. Uh, We talked with you. um, I don't remember it was several months ago. Uh, But tell us what what you had been doing uh, up to the point when uh, the pandemic enveloped us. Sure. Um, This past year, my work had focused in three areas, uh, serving our clients at uh, Rebuilding the Breach Ministries' Lydia House, the Women's Transitional Housing Program, uh, serving the um, uh, catechetical needs of our student population of Ascension Lutheran Christian School, and supporting St. John's and Good Shepherd as they entered into merger discussions. Um, their Good Shepherd's pastor had resigned, and so they found themselves without pastoral care, um, and this had happened after they had begun discussions about a merger. Now, the resignation of Good Shepherd's pastor was not a prerequisite to the merger. In fact, it was my recommendation that in actuality, that should the two churches merge, which I actually think was a good thing, um, that the Pastoral Good Shepherd could become the campus pastor and I could focus on my primary job of strategic mission development. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Uh, in the case of the Pastoral Good Shepherd, he actually had some other things he was doing, church related things, but not LCMS related. And so, He chose to resign and focus on those activities, and so I had to take on Good Shepherd. It's been a good arrangement since then. Uh, I provide pastoral care to both congregations, uh, Bible studies, visitations, and so forth. Uh, Good Shepherd has a a daycare run by one of its members. It's not connected to the church, but... uh, It has worked with Good Shepherd in the past, and so I was working on increasing our level of influence and involvement with the daycare. Uh, In addition, we were getting ready for the summer activities. Every summer we do a cultural enrichment program, and it involves personnel from both churches along with members of the Gary Cultural and Historical Society, and we we had just put in our applications for grants and everything for that. And we were getting ready for that. Um, In addition, uh, at the time, the city had just gotten a new mayoral administration, and so we were getting to know all about them and what their priorities were and where their priorities meshed with ours. Uh, We have lost, over the past year, national housing support as a Lutheran uh, entity. And so what used to run through them we will have to find new ways of dealing in terms of uh, community development. But we're still very much involved in community development because that's still a part. That's witness, mercy, life together. So all of these things were in play. The school was doing well. Uh, chapel services were running well. Uh, the, the Bible studies at Lydia House going great. The ministry to St. John's and Good Shepherd was solid and stable, and the merger talks were progressing smoothly and then came march mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so how did the the pandemic first of all how did it impact the community um of of gary and the surrounding neighborhoods yeah. how did it impact the the community economically socially emotionally what were some of the the impacts that you uh, saw of this pandemic
1: gary indiana is a community that is economically speaking mostly below the poverty line or below the median, definitely below the median income for the state and the nation. And a significant portion of its population is below the poverty line. Uh, with the closure of things like, for example, the closure of the schools and the kids being forced to stay home, the city of Gary, the Gary Community Schools Corporation, was actually... Being run by the state. And it was deeply in debt. But when all the kids got sent home, there was no choice but to come up with resources so that the kids could continue to be educated. Well, that also meant that parents had to shift. And in many cases, these parents were not equipped to be primary providers of education services for their children. So there has been, you know, a significant struggle in that regard. I have teachers who are members of the two congregations that I serve, and they have talked about the difficulties they have faced uh, not being able to rely on uh, significant parental involvement. Um, For many of these parents, this feels like homeschooling, although in reality the the distance between what they are having to do and true homeschooling is immense. Uh, basically they're just asked to be proctors, but many of them struggle with that. At the same time, uh, there are not a lot of businesses open in Gary. In, you know, in terms of uh, places of employment, there weren't many of them. Most of them were restaurants. Well, with the lockdown, uh, some restaurants actually had to close. Others uh, were able to do delivery services, uh, and, but still it was greatly limited on top of which again you mentioned we're part of a larger community but many of the restaurants and businesses are outside of Gary and so if they wouldn't deliver into Gary we had no access to them there's a lot of businesses that we don't have access to (laughs) Uh, we do have access to groceries however Um, the major grocery stores do deliver and so that was a good thing in fact in some ways what defines Gary as a food desert has been offset by the ability of delivery services to provide groceries to residents of Gary. So that's been an interesting development. I, I don't relish having my groceries delivered. Um, I like to go and see what I'm getting before I pay for it. But, you know, at least. Now we can have access to fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, fresh meat, Uh, whereas before that was more problematic. Hmm.
0: We're talking with the Reverend Delwyn Campbell. He's a missionary and pastor at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church and Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Gary, Indiana. We need to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, we'll learn how the global pandemic has impacted not only the community, but the ministry and the outreach in these communities.
1: This is Dr. Dale Meyer. Have you heard Concordia Seminary's program, Word and Work and Intersection? Every week, you can hear it on KFUO Thursdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. We visit with many interesting guests about how the Word of God applies to their daily vocations and ministries. Be sure to tune in, and may the intersection of Word and Work be busy on your corner. This week on Issues Etc., we're going to
0: discuss the Doctrine of Justification with Pastor Hans Feeney, Scientism with Dr. Angus Minouge, Making the Case for Life with Scott Klusendorf, Islam with Hank Hanegraaff, and Godliness with Pastor Will Whedon. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Once upon a
1: time. Lived a strong and brave night. Presenting the Giant Killer. Now, you might say to yourself, But giants don't exist. But giants may be closer than you think. Join Fidus in his fight against the giants of sloth and selfishness. Save yourself. A must-listen for your family to conquer the giants in your life. The Giant Killer. Saturday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO.
0: I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa, host of Thy Strong Word, taking your questions as we go through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter. Let's read together with guest pastors from around the country and the church around the world, taking chapters and verses together in context, every passage fitting together in the Lord Jesus, because He is the Word of God. Let's read together.
1: Thy Strong Word, weekday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. Underwritten by Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHFmissions.org.
0: Welcome back to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: It is Wednesday, May twenty-seventh. We're talking with Pastor Delwyn Campbell. He's a domestic missionary serving the Lord at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church and Good Shepherd. Lutheran Church in Gary, Indiana, uh, outreach, great outreach in Northwest Indiana. And uh, before we went to break, Pastor, you were sharing with us uh, a description of the community. For those of us not familiar with Gary, Indiana, the surrounding neighborhoods, how the Lord is mm-hmm. using you and so many of the, the wonderful saints there to bring the good news of Jesus to them. You were painting a picture for us uh, of the community and how the pandemic has impacted the community. How has the pandemic Impacted the 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 Lord's work, the ministry of St. John's Lutheran Church, the um, Ascension Christian School, and and Good Shepherd Lutheran Church. How has the pandemic impacted the ways that that you reach and serve the communities with uh, with the good news of Jesus?
1: Sure, you know when this first hit, and the governing authorities made their initial responses. Um, I understood at the time we were dealing with an unknown entity and we were aware that it had potentially lethal effects. And so I understood that the the left-hand kingdom would, be, would have a cautious response. And by cautious, I mean they would seek to do all that they could to protect the physical safety of the residents. Uh, but some of the decisions that they made uh, initially, were such that it, it very definitely gave the sound that we were potentially in a confessional situation. Uh, even to the point where the city mayor, who had only recently been elected, was making statements that he was going to send police patrolling, and if they saw you know cars in the parking lot, they were going to investigate. Um, I contacted the mayor and the chief of police, expressed my concerns about that kind of statement. One of the problems was simply that for most of them, what they think of as church is basically defined by Baptist and Pentecostal enthusiasts' uh, lectures. You come to church to hear a speech, a motivational speech, and then you go home. Maybe you do some fun activities together, but primarily what they call worship centers around the speech. For us, of course, worship centers around the sacrament, the presentation, both verbal and physical, of the word. And because they could not relate to that, they could not relate to why there would be an issue about restrictions on gathering together. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25 has been a verse Along with second Chronicles seven thirteen or fourteen, that have really been heavy in my mind during these past two months, for so one thing, the only thing I can say regarding Hebrews ten is that it talks about assembling together. It uses those words. Now, no matter what I do with 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 electronic media uh with recordings and so forth, that is not gathering together. If we redefine gathering together as that, then what we're really saying is you don't need a local assembly. You don't need a place where people to gather together in their communities. Just get a centralized place with a broadcast studio and let everybody watch it on television. TBN, in other words. And that's not how we operate as confessional and evangelical Christians nor has it been how the church has operated. So it was a struggle. We did accommodate the governing authorities. We reduced our, our capacity to the 10 people or less. We kept people spaced out. But I wasn't going to close St. John's. But more importantly, I'm not the president of the congregation. I am the strategic mission developer to the city. And so I left that up to the presidents of the congregation. St. John's stayed open. Good Shepherd closed. That was their choice. But I did provide access to the word. What I couldn't do, however, was, was, distribute the, to, was administer the sacraments because of the restrictions. And that was painful. And I'll be honest, in my live streaming, I made it clear that we weren't, we weren't going to pretend sacrament. We weren't going to virtual sacrament. If we couldn't do it because of the restrictions, then we wouldn't do it. And so the broadcast did not include the sacraments. Now, those few people who came to St. John's, guess what? They received the sacraments. At the same time, I put my uh, contact information available throughout the community, the Gary Lutheran community. And so if someone called me, and they weren't high risk, and I wasn't high risk, and they said, look, I need to receive the Lord's sacraments. I need uh, confession and absolution. I was going to go. Uh, I, I put forth the expense, I bought the cameras, I bought the software, I bought the bread and the wine, um, and I bought the masks. So My wife even made some before the ones I purchased arrived. So uh, I'd like to take an aside to say thank you to all of my network supporters who, because of their support of the Gary mission, enabled me to have the resources to do that sort of thing you know, much less to be able to stay in Gary. I appreciate all of you guys. Um, We've gotten to the point now where the state has loosened up some things, and so uh, we're now supposedly able to meet with, you know, groups of up to 25. And uh, I know the people at Good Shepherd are glad because last Friday they came into the church and cleansed it and made it ready. Um, the people of St. John's are now looking forward to more than just a couple families being able to come out. And But here's something else I, I saw from this. If we're going to go down this road with live streaming and video conferencing and so forth, then we have to make sure that everybody in our community has access to the Internet, has access to emails, and are able to access Facebook Live and all these things, because guess what? If they don't and we don't serve them, we're saying they don't need to hear God's good news. They don't need to hear God's law proclaimed in all its severity and his gospel proclaimed in all its purity. The only people that need that are the people who can afford it. And that's not what we're about, not here in the LCMS we're not pro- we're not a prosperity denomination that caters to those who give to us the most in fact we're focused on the people who can't the people who who aren't thought of as a people the people who live in what is spiritual emotional social and yes technological darkness our our worship is the same as it's always been for over 500 years because that connects us to the generations before the internet, before Facebook, before all these wonderful technological things. And so we do things that you can't do on a computer screen, like assembling together. Yes, we're as concerned as everybody else. We, we, make, we take precautions, but at the end of the day, It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. We can do everything that the government says so that people don't die from COVID-19. And in fact, at St. John's, only one person or one family got infected. No one perished from it. But you know what? Unless Jesus returns, they're still going to die, maybe not from COVID-19. But they will die. I had a member of Good Shepherd who was in a nursing home. And when we first began serving both populations, I was not able to visit her because our work with Good Shepherd began, our pastoral care work began the week that they closed up all the nursing homes and hospitals. So that woman was isolated. She never knew that she now had a pastor who wanted to come visit her and talk with her and share God's good news with her. And she died without that comfort, without that closeness. And I, in fact, did not even become aware of her death until two weeks later when I called the nursing home after the governor's announcement and said, are you all open for visits now? Can I now come see uh, this particular individual? And they told me, oh, she died two weeks ago. I know some people want to say publicly that the only reason that that pastors in general uh, want to do these things is because they're chasing an offering plate. I'm not dependent upon local offerings. I'm a network-supported missionary. But people in this community do depend on their pastor to provide pastoral care. And i wasn't able to do that for that woman i know she's a baptized believer and i don't believe that she forgot her baptism i hope she didn't because in fact i never had the opportunity to meet her and that is something that pains me if if this is going to be part of the new normal then i guess it means that one of the things we have to do going forward is make sure that all of our members have access to communications so that they won't be cut off so that our our elderly population won't be isolated because of something that's completely beyond their control gosh, I wish we had more time
0: (laughs) Pastor (laughs) Delwyn Campbell at uh, St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Gary, Indiana Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Gary, Indiana Pastor, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today
1: thank you God bless you.
0: I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.